Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kane. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show. I'm always looking for callers and I get so many people now sending me emails. It's great because I don't have to go on Craigslist. But I mean, I still go on Craigslist because I get people there too. But if you want to be on my show, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for people people that need advice, people that want to talk about the secret life, people that just want to explain like an interesting lifestyle that they have, like all, all of the above. And then maybe there's another category I haven't thought of. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll have you on the show. Um, today I have a guy who was a listener and who sent me an email. His name is Adam and Adam, the title is Adam has had numerous affairs. He really has had a bunch of affairs, very successful Affairs and his affairs are not like one night stands. It's not like he cheats. Like, uh, and this is why I have so many. I have a lot of cheaters on my show, or like I've had this same topic, like a man who cheats on his wife. Um, but there's so many different variations of it. That's why I think it's always so interesting to have another one on because it just goes to show that you can't just say, "Oh, someone cheats on their wife," and that's the end of the story. You know, that's like lazy kind of thinking or lazy kind of. Uh, listening because really what you need to know is the specifics about that guy cheating and all the specifics that are, are always like very different um and this is a guy who cheats on his wife he's been married for a very long time he's cheated on his wife for a very long time and he's had numerous affairs and like i said his affairs have been very successful relationships so uh, it's interesting. It's interesting how he's been successful, how he's been able to do it. He's very happy in with his wife and he's been very happy with his girlfriends and he talks uh, all about it and explains, like I said, how he sort of lived a double life and did it successfully and was very happy, like I said, with both his wife and his girlfriends. So instead of repeating myself another fucking time, I'm going to just be right back on with Adam. Do you have a story, lifestyle, 
or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Adam. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you? Good, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you were a listener of the show, right? That's how you found me? Yes. I, I recently started listening to podcasts. I did a chart search and uh, found your uh, very highly rated uh, podcast. Yeah, there you go. And so you emailed me and I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to have you explain most of the details, but I'll start it off. You're married for like 33 years, right? And you said something interesting in the first paragraph to me, which was like, oh, you know, you're married. And even though you guys sleep in separate beds, maybe your sexual relationship isn't that great. You feel closer to her now, especially as the kids are sort of getting older and progressing in their careers, which I would think might be the opposite, right, for some people. But with you guys, it's you guys, even though the kids are out of the house and they're all gone, you've been together for so long, you're closer as opposed to farther apart, right? Well, I think, you know, uh, a marriage is a an evolution. So mm-hmm. we're very close early on, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, my wife and I were kind of like, uh, we touch each other and we create children. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> How many kids do you have? We have five. Oh, my God. And um, so it was a situation where, you know, when the kids are young, and, and they're not many years apart, so when the kids are young, you know, you're kind of in survival mode, and uh, you're doing that, everything you need to do to, you know, to get through every single day, and, um, you know, and you're close just because you're you're just, trying to organize everything mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. But then as, they, then as they started to grow older, um, I had, um, it, uh, after the last one was born, uh, there really wasn't, <laughs> I'm not even sure there was time for a sex life, but there certainly was, uh, you know, a distancing from a sexual perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely uh, kind of drew apart from that. I'm not even sure we talked about it very much, though we've had, we were often on uh, counseling for many years. Um, some of it very good, some of it less good. But um, you know, we're always trying to work on the relationship. And um, after the last one was, after our last uh, child was born, then I got an opportunity to uh, do some work um, in a different city, mm-hmm. and um, that. Um, prompted me after a number of years of us actually not having not slept together at all um, to uh, to uh, venture out, if you will. Right. So, but you stayed monogamous with her though up until that point. Uh, yes, I did. And how many years did you like not have sex and stay monogamous with her? Like, do you think it was about? Like over Probably, a year? I think it, it may have been four or five years. Wow. So what would you just, like, would you she do other things with you or like there was no fooling around whatsoever? No. There's 
five young kids in the house. We're surviving. So. Listen, I have one, and I don't know if you've heard me talk about it on my show because I'm the single mom, and I'm like, thank God I don't have to go blow somebody at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. And I have right. one, yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah, imagine. You know, I remember, I remember um, you know, a constant, and I also, um, you know, I worked very long hours. Uh, I had a, a significant business career that I was developing at the time as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just did not leave a lot of time, and there was just a, a physical distancing uh, uh, from one another. Right. No, I'm and, just wondering what you did to get yourself off for like four or five years. It's a very long time to go without yeah. actual sex for a man, right? And you didn't, you were very monogamous to her and you weren't putting it in her like, what the hell were you doing? I'm assuming, I guess you were then just jerking off. Yeah, I mean, if I was, if I hadn't, uh, if I was awake at the end of the day, uh, maybe I masturbated, but I got to tell you, I don't remember it. It is kind of a blur. Right, so you um, were just as exhausted as she was <laughs> at the end of the uh, day. You know, I pride myself, I think we're both really great parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you got five kids and you want to be great parents, that equates to, oh, my God, I'm really exhausted at the end of the day. Right. So you were really chipping in. You weren't like the guy who just came home, ate, and, like, went to, like, you really were taking care of the kids as, almost as much oh, as Oh, yeah, no. It, it, I, I could have been working, uh, you know, 60, 70 plus hours a week um, and, you know, uh, come home and take over. And then the weekends, if I, you know, a uh, day was open, it was all mine. Right. So that's cool, though, for her, because in a way, you probably, I mean, some guys I think maybe can't understand that at the end of the day, when a woman's taking care of kids or whatever she's doing, you know, that maybe she doesn't want to have sex all the time as much as a man does, right? And I think sometimes men don't understand that. But you did because you were sort of tending to the kids almost as much as her, and you understood her exhaustion, <laughs> right? Right, and we were in complete sync uh, in terms of our exhaustion, and right. I don't think we—I don't think we were actively talking about our sex life at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. So four or five years go by, you're like working out of town. Now, I think that you said that you and you started to have an affair, right? Like, let's just jump to that, right? Is right. That's what so what actually? Mm-hmm. Right. So what actually happened is the family moved out west, and then I had to stay out east in New York. Mm-hmm. So, um, all of a sudden, I was in New York, and I didn't have any of the obligations to the family. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I guess at that point, then, I, uh, it was, I remember being pretty lonely in the beginning. And I wasn't used to not having the go-go-go of the family. And also kind of remembered, hey, uh, I have a life as well, and would like to enjoy it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I remember having uh, kind of these long discussions with myself that if I was going to do something like this, that uh, kind of my own prime directive, not to use a Star Trek nerdy term, but, <laughs> right. um, was the kids couldn't be affected at all. I mean, the family could not be affected. Right. So no matter what happened, none of the people I might be with or none of the circumstances that I might create could have a negative effect on what was a wonderful family situation. Right, and that was very important to you. That was the prime directive. Mm-hmm. There was That was all that mattered. Right. Right. So I could have just stayed in New York and not done anything, and that would have accomplished 
but I decided that I wanted to taste a little slice of happiness for myself. <laughs> right. I mean, it had been four or five years. Uh, right. So, right, I was, I was uh, ready to go. Yeah, it's like being a virgin again, almost. Uh, for no doubt about it, that's how I felt. And I, I, was, I was scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine. How old were you at this point? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Were you like in I your was, 30s or 40s? Yeah, I was, um, hang on, let me think. Mm-hmm. Um, about, um, I'd say low 40s. Right, okay. So how do you go out Look, I mean, you're like, it's kind of easy for you to go out looking right now because you're in the city, you're living in New York. You're right. not single, but you kind of are, right? Your family is all the way on the other side of the country. So it's it's not so hard for you to go out and meet somebody, right? How did you go uh, about meeting people? Kathy, I think I wasn't there two weeks, and I met a lady, and we hit it off right away, and um, it was... Um, you know, it was kind of unexpected because I didn't really, I mean, I guess I kind of made myself available, but I hadn't really um, worked to uh, make something happen, but I just mm-hmm. happened to meet the person. I mean, you know, it's all of a sudden it's the young 40 single scene in New York. Oh, yeah, uh, and there's a major scene in New York. For, oh, it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy. There was, the building she lived in was like, I mean, there were all these single 40s who I didn't even know existed. Right. Um, so, um, so she was, uh, it, it, we hit it off right away, and the other thing was that it was New York City, so, um, and I love New York, and mm-hmm. she loved New York. I think she grew up in New Jersey, and but spent most of her adult life in the city, uh-huh. and she and I just kind of went on, uh, uh, you know, it was one big party after the other. It was... To know all the great bars in New York, do all the restaurants in New York, do all the theater in New York, do all the concerts in New York, do all the museums in New York. It was it was it was amazing, right? It, you know, it was it was really like living the ultimate bachelor's life for, um, you know, for, for the first time maybe I ever had in my life. Right now, you had told me in your email that you had met some of the women that you had affairs with because you have had a couple of affairs this isn't this is the first of many or I don't know if you'd say many but I say many and um you said that you did meet um some of them online right you did online dating now is that how you met this one or when you just say you know you met yeah I think I think in those days um I don't think in those days there were dating sites for Mm -hmm. sale like there are now but Mm -hmm. Yahoo I think had chat rooms right I think I met her in like a New York City chat room. Okay, now let me just, so I'm assuming since, you know, you're, you're, the main thing for you is that nobody finds out, your wife doesn't find out, you know, and you don't disrupt any of that. So I'm assuming you were very honest with her straight, uh, you know, from the beginning that you were married? Oh, uh, with the, yes, with the woman I had the affair with, I was uh, very open with, uh, this actually is an issue with a, a later affair, but with this particular woman, yeah, I was very open. Right. Okay, cool. And she was okay with it. Was she divorced herself and like had kids actually, too? she was a widow. Oh, okay. Yeah, her husband had died of, um, actually, I think it was like alcohol poisoning or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and she, I think she had been a widow for about two years. And um, though she knew what my situation was, um, I think it was important to her to believe there was an opportunity for a long-term relationship for us. Because you were, I mean, did you have like, I mean, what was your future plans with your family? I mean, they're on the West Coast, you're in New York. Is it a set time that you guys are going to be apart or is it indefinite no, no, at you're that right. point? So I was commuting every week. Oh, okay. Not an, uncommon, not an uncommon thing for people to do all across the country. Of course. Into New York City mm-hmm. being the economic capital of our country. Right, totally. So, and, and we had moved from the East Coast and then to the West Coast and then I had a situation where I had to stay uh, in New York. So I was commuting, you know, Sunday nights to Thursday nights in general. Right. So you kept a place in New York and then, you know, you went home to your family on the weekends and this woman was okay with it. Let me ask you this. Like the first time you had sex, first of all, I'm sure it was like amazing, right? Because it had been so long, right? Uh, yeah, I imagine it's a long time ago. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we had, we actually, when I think of her, um, the sex life wasn't great. <laughs> really? Um, especially in retrospect with other women that I've met. Mm-hmm. Um, she had actually a physical issue. Um, so it actually kept her from being a, able to uh, have orgasms easily. What was her uh, physical issue? Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Um, she had, like, fibroids or something uh-huh. inside of her uh-huh. that kept her from, I mean, she knew it very well. She was under doctor's care. She could explain it very clearly. And um, it's not that she couldn't have them. It just took a long time. Oh, poor and, thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I loved eating her out. I mean, it was mm-hmm. amazing. Right. Um, that's my passions in the world. And it would take us a solid hour to hour and a half before she could come. Oh, wow. So she had a great time, and I guess I did too for a long time. And, mm-hmm. But the stiff neck got kind of stiff after a while. I mean, it was it became very difficult. So, um, but you have to understand. I would say, if I as I remember her, it was much less for our sexual relationship as it was for the companionship you know, and the like. The, the companionship to go do all those things in New York and live that life of like being free right. again without the kids. Let me ask you exactly. this though, also too. Besides whether it was good or bad, like, did you remember whether, like, after the first time, because this is the first time after so many years you've been with your wife that you had sex with someone else and you actually, like, cheated on her, right? Did you feel guilty at all? Do you remember? Um, like, the I first time in the I beginning. More, um, I, I, you know, it's like I said, I decided I wanted to have a little slice of happiness for myself. And I was okay with that. Right. You had justified so I it at that call point. It guilt. Right. I'm not one prone to guilt. I think it was more of fear. Mm-hmm. And even though we're on opposite coasts, things happen. And in fact, things did happen with a woman I met after this lady. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was just fearful that something would, you know, there'd be a bill that would come in. Someone would make a call. 
something would happen that would violate the prime directive. Yeah, definitely. And let me ask you this because you're out and about doing all these like great things. And like, did you keep that from your wife? Like, did she think every night after work you were like home in the apartment and like hanging out? Or did she know you were going to all these concerts and theaters? You know, like, did she know that? Or did you keep that from her? No, I don't think it was. Uh, it was something that I did as a professional when we were both out there as well. Mm-hmm. So even though we were busy with the kids, you know, I had to do a certain amount of whining and dining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it was extraordinary for me, uh, you know, to go out a couple of nights a week. And then, uh, so I don't remember really working very hard to hide it yeah, um, right. at all. And, you know, I'm sure I called, um, if not once, uh, twice and talking to the kids and her every night that I was there. Right, exactly. You know, there was this great article that I've talked about on my podcast many times. It was in a details magazine and it was called why do men cheat? And you should read it. It's like, it's great. And, but like the first sentence is why do men cheat? And he's like, because they can, you know, and he talks about, and he was like, he was like, you know, there's all different types of cheaters. And I've talked to all different types of guys on my show who cheat and every cheating story is very different. I think we're one from the other. That's why you really have to talk to people, you know, but he, the guy who wrote that article is very much like you, like he didn't want to ruin his family. He was very happy with his family. You know, he was just getting a little variety on the side, but he had a lot of rules and regulations so that, you know, he would not mess up, you know, what he had at home. And, um, but he talked about how easy it is to do. Did you find that once you started to do it, like it was pretty easy to sort of live a double life? Because I mean, you have a family with five kids at once, yeah. you know, on one side of the country. And then on the other side of the country, you have a full fledged girlfriend, right? So I mean, it yeah. is kind of like you're living a double life, but it must have been oh, not yeah, so bad. Sure. Right? And, I, I think what I found uh, at this stage, I didn't feel that way. But you become experienced in it, mm-hmm. um, and and because of a situation that I caused, or that what just happened uh, with a woman that I met after this woman I just described, mm-hmm. um, uh, I had to learn a hard lesson. Well, what? Um, okay, so this lady, you date her for how long? This one, the one who is couldn't uh, have I, orgasms. I, Definitely over a year, probably going on a year and a quarter, something like that. And so that ends, right? Right, so that ended, and um, and I met another woman. I think also through uh, this. I remember the the the, um, the chat rooms because um, we were like addicted to each other. It was uh-huh. like it was like twenty four seven, seven days a week. So even when and she lived in Florida. Okay. So. Even though, um, so when I was in New York, uh, she and I were getting to know each other. I'd go home and I'd be up late after everybody had gone to sleep and I'd be texting with her and whatnot. Oh, okay. And then that was um, being a little naughty, right? Because now you're a little bit closer to maybe getting busted because you're like, you know, right? I mean, did you do that with your other girl? Right. The whole thing of getting closer to home made me nervous Mm -hmm. and it actually taught me things you're not supposed to do. Right. I mean, like you, that was a little dangerous, right? I mean, I'm assuming you didn't do that with the first woman because, you know, she was in New York and you could see her all the time. And maybe like when you went on the, home on the weekends, you didn't really keep in touch with her. Right. But this one, because you're like addicted to her, you're like in the bathroom behind your wife's back. I mean, that's when you're like, 
that's when it becomes a slippery slope, if you ask me, because that, you know, shit could happen and you could get busted. But sometimes I find yeah. that, you know, and that's what happens sometimes is things escalate, right? Like things move forward and, um, and I'm assuming that this is the one that you did get busted with, right? That's what you said? Yeah. So what happened was I went down to Florida and we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was um, sex like I did not know sex existed. Okay. Um, it was. It changed my life completely. <laughs> um, she and I, actually, we spent the weekend together, and I think it was the Fountain Blue, and uh, not sure we came out of the hotel room. Uh, and, I mean, it was a full two and a half days or whatever. It mm-hmm. was just unbelievable. And we just clicked together physically. We just, you know, the whole exploration thing, what she loved to get, I loved to give, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It just, it was uh, perfect. Right. From sexual perspective and the social perspective. I loved her. I really did. Um, and so, but the problem was is that she was in Florida. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went down to Florida a few times. She came up to New York a few times. And um, this is over months, right? We have this great tr- chat uh, infrastructure that we're communicating with. So we're mm-hmm. having this great virtual relationship the sex is amazing, right? Uh, but we, we've seen each other over a course of you know six to eight months, you know, a half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 fell short in that that I couldn't be with her more, right? Because you really she, wanted you were like the typical guy because, like you said, you were lacking that companionship because you were away from your family. Like you also wanted that as well. Besides the sex with these women that you're with, that was a need of yours as well. Besides just getting laid. Oh yeah, no. Every, every woman I tell you about, uh, I fell madly in love with. You know, and, and and that may sound suspect, but. I will not. I've said that for years, and I will tell you that to this day. Mm-hmm. And and except for the first woman in New York, who we just happened to not stay in touch. I'm still in, I'm still friends with every woman I've had an affair with. Right, and you so, fell in love with them, and but you stayed in love with your wife. Like it never compromised. Like when your feelings grew for these other women, it never sort of made you feel like maybe you should leave your wife or anything like that. Always stayed constant in your life, like your feelings for your wife. I would say uh, for everyone, yes, except on this particular occasion. <laughs> with the um, one with the great sex. Well, it's not just because of the great sex. The way I felt about her, mm-hmm. I think I just had not known these kinds of feelings for another person in my life. And, right. And other things happened. So what happened was um, her. she was married, by the way. And, and for your, uh, for your uh, listeners out there, if you're divorced, I mean, if you're married, I can tell you that if you're going to have an affair, better to have it with uh, another married person as opposed to a single person. Totally. Uh-huh. Right. I think it's a much better, easier scenario to be with someone in your same circumstance. 100%. I agree. She was married with a fairly young kid of her own. Um, but what happened was her husband... Uh, we would talk on the phone for hours and hours and hours. And uh, I don't think there were unlimited cell plans in, in that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wanted to know where this phone bill was coming from. 
So he called our home phone uh, on the West Coast and talked to my wife. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> now, what's funny about it is I did not get confronted with it right away. I found out uh, a few months later after we had broken up in a counseling session. A counseling session with who? Oh, with your wife. Yeah, my wife and I went into, like I said, we were in counseling right, for many Right, on and years. off. Uh-huh, right. Right, right. Some of it related to our relationship and some of it related to other stuff. I think it was something we just both wanted to do in order to... Keep the relationship um, going. Right, keep mm-hmm. the relationship strong and going and, and whatnot. Obviously, though, um, I never divulged what I was doing. I felt like that would... I, I know uh, my wife well enough that that would have uh, ended uh, the relationship uh, pretty much right there and then if I said, yes, I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah, but she didn't so, she find out when that guy called? She, then, then she just suspected. She didn't really know. Think about it. She heard from this guy. She said, I'm getting these long phone. I got these big phone bills. Um, I don't know who's talking, but it's to my wife who's in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like my wife came in and heard me talking on the phone, right? Right. So um, she's trying to connect the dots, perhaps. Uh, She's still very busy with our family and our kids. So she doesn't know what's going on, but she raises it in a counseling session later on. And I say, uh, I'm sure I punted and said something like it was work-related. Right. Right. And And listen, she probably, as much as you wanted to keep that relationship going, she probably did too. And on some level, she probably didn't want to believe it. Do you know what I mean? Because if she believed it, like you said, she would leave you in an instant, right? And like, what would that mean? Her whole life would turn upside down, you know, and she was probably, you know, in love with you. You had all those kids. She she probably didn't want to believe it. I think that's how a lot of women deal with situations because sometimes it's so obvious that people are cheating or shit is going down. But I think when someone says, oh, the woman turns the other way or I think sometimes they don't even know that they're doing it but on some like on a subconscious level they do not want to know so it's you know so they because it's I mean listen if some guy's calling up your house and saying you know my wife is talking to somebody for all hours of the day I mean she just has to ask a a couple questions right to really kind of bust you right but she didn't do that. She didn't really have any proof. I mean, she could have figured out whether it was true or not, you know? Um, Sure. And I think she she didn't want to know. I think she didn't want to know on some level. Right. Absolutely didn't want to. I agree. Yeah. So you got away with that. (laughs) Did you learn your lesson the hard way that way? But you like, at that point, I mean, that was enough for you to learn your lesson, right? As far as like, don't bring that shit home close to your family. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I remember our we that was when we had a great counselor that we went to talk to. We both loved him. Mm-hmm. At, at one point, uh, I don't know how, but we each had individual discussions with him, which was very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, in couple counseling, it's almost always the couple. Yeah. But at one point, either I asked or uh, he asked to talk with us one on one for just a couple of sessions, and um, and I you know and I. Um, told him, you know, what was going on, and he asked me whether uh, he felt, whether I felt like I had done enough, whether I, in in fact, wanted my wife to know. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, of course not. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, 
I don't know what's going on in my subconscious. Maybe maybe I was trying to have mm-hmm. it. I wasn't I wasn't holding back at all. Yeah, because that was with that one, because it was, and I say this to my callers, I've said this to my callers in the past, like you have to think about what you really want and be very clear because if sometimes there's a little gray area, like you're not happy with your wife and you keep thinking of that, but you don't want to get busted, like you will, you know, because that part of you that's super unhappy that maybe is leaving a little room for, you know, even if it's 5% of you that's like, oh, maybe I'd walk out, that 5% of you may get you busted, you know, and I believe that that absolutely happens, you know, and I think it happened with this one because what you said about her, like she was the one that it was like nothing you had ever experienced about. So if you, you were going to throw your relationship in the shitter for anyone, it would have been her. And that's right. why and, and, it happened. By the way, vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys break up? Why did you guys break up? Um, you know, it's so funny because uh, I have relatives uh, who, who, you know, I had confided that how could you ever break up with that? Right. And, the distance was so painful. Right. I, it wasn't like I could be there once a month even. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, I well, one was also getting confronted with this in counseling. And I think I had to almost bury my head in the sand a little bit. Right. But there was this thing about her and the distance that, you know, to this day, that's what I say to myself, and I'm not sure what the final reason was, and but I had to end it. It was just too painful, and I think it was just painful on a lot of different levels. Right, and so, I mean, it must have been very hard, though, to stay away from her. Did you immediately start with somebody else? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, no, I, had, I took some time off. I think that's when I started. Uh, uh, actually, then, so I was in New York. Um, I was alone and I had, so I actually, I met, uh, some high end escorts, mm-hmm. um, which I hadn't done before either. So, you know, I kind of experimented in that area. And how was that for you? Uh, pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much so, did you pay? Like how high end were these like $1,200 a night girls, 600? I've had all right. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, well, obviously, inflation. I, I don't think there were any girls in that day that were thousand dollar night girls like right. you find in Los Angeles, in New York now. Mm-hmm. But I was with a probably as close to the highest price uh, between three and five hundred a night, uh, an hour. Right, that was back in the day, right? And they're typically like three hour minimums or whatever, right? They know how to make their money. No, no, no. No, these were all, you know, sometimes I would do two hours, but more mm-hmm. often than not, it would be one hour, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little bit more. I, they, I, they weren't, and one thing that I, I never wanted uh, some in these reviews that you'll see, they talk about clock watchers. Uh, they weren't clock watchers. Right. You know, these were women I developed my own uh kind of relationship with i would see multiple times yeah so you know on a third date with someone who's charging you 300 to 500 dollars she's not saying oh we're at 60 minutes you're done right it's a little bit more classy (laughs) a lot more classy. right you get what you pay for right so you're treated with it's a it's a different kind of ball game at that level right that's like what people like you said are paying for like for a thousand or twelve hundred night and nowadays i mean those girls are like famous porn stars and stuff like that, right? Uh, was that the case back then? 
Uh, no, I, I never met, uh, nor did I look for porn stars. Right. Uh, uh, they were just uh, extremely beautiful women with incredible uh, social skills, incredible intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just they 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 had a whole package, and I, I was working with a high end service also, right. so they were going and recruiting these girls. They knew exactly what guys like me wanted. So, Of course. And now let me ask you this. Did you have any long-term relationships with any of the escorts that you saw? Did I have any? Like long-term, kind of rela- long-term. Like, cause no, it seems no, like you have no. like long-term relationships with these other women. And I listen, I've gotten lots of emails from guys like, hey, I was dating, you know, I'm dating the escort that I used to see. You know, I mean, right. did any of those relationships turn into something more serious or no? I guess no. No, it wasn't something I think I would have considered. I mean, I liked all of them very much, mm-hmm. um, and some of them much more than others, and some I saw for uh, many weeks. Um, another aspect of this was I introduced myself to um, uh, what are called AMPs, Asian Massage massage Parlors. Uh-huh, like happy ending places. New York is very famous for, mm-hmm. so but a high-end escort and Asian massage parlor, I was taking care of myself just fine from a sexual perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you wanted companionship, I'm assuming, again, right, after a little time went by, and you, then you had another, like, affair? So, uh, then, uh, my work wound down in New York, and um, I came home, and uh, uh, used some of my connections, and I had a new position about a hundred miles from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was after I was actually home for a good year plus. Um, and I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I think I was feeling lonely at home at that. You know, I, I felt great. I wanted to be near my kids. They were getting older, getting closer. To middle and high school, I knew I wanted to be there for them. As the guy came into these years, I didn't want these long weeks, and it was a tough lifestyle too to to commute and uh, you know to live that far away from everyone, even though I was playing. Right. So, um, so I got relocated back uh, to just about a hundred miles from. Uh, no, I was re- located from my home, but I was basically working. Um, about a hundred miles away, so right. I actually had a place near that uh, that other work. So I was now in a situation where it was like being in New York again, uh, where uh, family's closer, but I'm now uh, in a, you know in a situation where I can seek out uh, real companionship again. And you did. And I did. Mm-hmm. And you met at, at this point, you're going to be on your third affair, right? Uh, yeah, I kind of, I always think of the woman from Florida. I guess I kind of, the criteria for me is it had to have lasted a year to be an affair. Right. And the lady from Florida did not last a year, but, um, but given how I felt about her, I guess you could say she was. So yeah, this would be my third affair. Right. Okay. Because I know you had five in total. At this point, right? Is that including her, or would it be six, including the one in Florida? Uh, I think it's five, including Florida. Right, okay. So you start another relationship. Who was the one, who's the relationship that you had that 
you weren't honest or how you had an issue with being married? Because when I asked you in the beginning, remember whether somebody you were honest about it at first? You said in a, in another relationship there was an issue. Yeah, so <laughs> an excellent memory. That's mm-hmm, correct. Mm-hmm. Or good notes. Yeah. Um, so a woman that I met in uh, this this uh, city 100 miles from where we now have our home, um, she was a German-born woman, mm-hmm. uh, married uh, an American GI, and... Um, and, the, and the, they got divorced, um, and she had a child. So she was a single mom most of her life. And um, so she, I, I did not tell her um, that I was, this one is the one where I did not tell her I was married. Uh, not right away, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you the circumstance under which I did. Yeah. But, but let me describe a little bit of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an airline, uh, she worked in the airlines, um, and I don't know if it's the same today, but airline workers in her day meant you could go anywhere in the world uh, basically for free. Right. Um, and though I could afford trips like that, I didn't tend to travel that way, but she was an adventurer. So she and I, um, after we kind of fell in love with each other, um, that was what we did for fun. So we would, you know, we would go for either a long weekend or even middle of the week. You know, we'd hop to Montreal, we'd hop to Paris, we'd hop to Germany, we'd hop. And you, would, I'm assuming you just told your wife you were going for business. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't extraordinary for the for you know the things that I the type of work that I do yeah no I know guys like you right so that was just commonplace she would never question it oh no no there was Mm -hmm. no question whatsoever and I took her sometimes to places as well if we could get not easy to get babysitter for five but when they were getting up in ages then you know you get enough grandparents in a room and you can take care of right right yeah so um, so we had a great time. This was kind of like the first woman I knew in New York. We were having this great, and, and she was just wonderful to travel with. Right. You know, I don't know if you've ever met someone, but there's some people that are really hard to travel with, but there's some people who are just, you just click with completely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's And it's I think it's, you know, harder to find those people than it is the ones that are terrible. I think most people you don't find are compatible to travel with. But every now and then you get that one person that really is, and that's a keeper. Yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we fly everywhere first class, which in itself was a whole new experience also. Yeah. Um, anything I would upgrade the business class but I was never a first class traveler I think oh my god it's the only way I will fly it's not even like it's luxury at this point it's like just the way you should be treated but it it does make a huge difference especially if you're flying to Paris or someplace you know with a big time difference for a couple of days you know it's a lot less stressful if you're flying first class it's pretty easy to do you know it's amazing no I I used to tell her if you want to just go this weekend and just uh, fly around the world and not stop anywhere, I'm fine with that. Yeah, totally. 
you know, you're, you, they, you can lay down, you're getting the finest food in the world. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like being you know, in a room it, it, for a couple of hours. You know, it's not like it, it's so different, you know, so different yeah. than flying coach. But anyway, so you guys are flying first class all over around the world. At this point, I'm just like, how long does she not know that you're married? Right. It's a good question. So, um, wait, wait, you broke up there. Say that again. How, how long? About she- nine months. Wow. Okay. Why? And like, let me ask you this in the beginning, because you seem like you're pretty straight. Oh, shit. You see, I'll edit that out. You seem like a pretty straightforward guy. Like, why with this one did you not tell her straight up the bat that you were married? Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about so far, it sounds like, you know, you think I'm tall, dark and handsome and I'm making, you know, a million dollars a year. <laughs> None of those things are true. Okay. What are you on a scale of one to ten? Are you a four? I mean, what are you on a scale uh, of one to ten? I normally ask my callers. The the younger I was, uh, I think I was more attractive. Uh, But as I got older, uh, I became less attractive. I think most (laughs) of us naturally do. No, I I, I don't agree. I think men become more attractive. I think a lot of men become more attractive as they get older. Particular gentleman did not. <laughs> oh, so, poor you! So You're I like a woman. It. You're like a woman. Right. So for the most part, you know, I've kept myself in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. But let's put it this way: you know, I call it the sometimes in business we call it the eighty twenty rule. Yeah. As far as meeting women, it's the ninety five five rule. Right. So not out of a hundred women that I'll meet, ninety five will reject me. Okay. And you're just saying because looks. just on looks, but now you know because of your job, you weren't making a lot of cash with the job that you had. It seems like you you were because of like the sort of lifestyle that you led and with the traveling right. and stuff. Right, well, money was never money was never an issue. I mean, women didn't dislike me because of my money, right? Or my income. No, they but they like- but listen, you could be a four, if you're a four, but you're you know you have millions, you're like a ten. Okay, like you could get anyone. Right, I mean, no. come on, look at Harvey Weinstein. Okay, like it's right. just a fact. I'm, but I'm not a four with millions. Okay, you're okay. I'm a four, I'm a four with a lot less than millions. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you're a four with six figures. Okay, so that makes you like a six. With, yeah, right. So, um, so in the end. I think what happened with her, um, as I recall, I think I worked really hard um, to find someone. And I remember in another podcast that you had, you were telling this guy who said, oh, I'm so unattractive, nobody wants me. And you were saying it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I learned that it was a numbers game very clearly here. <laughs> right. so really, and, and, and so I understood the statistics. So I had to just need enough until I found someone who did. But when you do, you're playing the 95-5 statistical game. Yeah, you can't be you honest. You might be a little less honest. <laughs> totally, I understand. Okay. Well, you may understand, but I don't forgive myself for that because I fell for her and she fell for me. And I remember being in the car saying, I have something I need to talk to you about. And she knew from the tone of my voice it something was, was wrong. Yeah. She thought it was breaking up with her. Mm-hmm. So think about that. She's in love with me. She's seeing me as someone in her life for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, I'm telling her I need to talk to her about something. She hears from the tone, I'm, you're going to break up. And instead of telling me I'm breaking up with you, oh, I didn't tell you I happen to have a wife. Oh, my God. I, let me ask you this. Was she like, oh, that's it? Like, okay, I thought you were breaking up with me. Or was she like, was that worse than you breaking up with her? Like, how? what was her reaction? Worse. Right. 
she was horrified. I, her response is one of the hardest memories for me in my life. Right. Um, I wish I had told her I'm breaking up with you. I think it would have been less painful. Right. She told me. Um, so we disconnected after a while, but then we reconnected recently, actually. And she's told me openly now she wishes she had, I had never told her. I could imagine. Right. No, mm-hmm. in other words, what she was saying was, even if you were married, don't tell me that. Keep our affair going because we were doing so great. Of course, right? She was. She. It was like the fantasy was was great, better than the reality. I mean, I totally understand that. She wishes she yeah. never found out because somehow, like, she had no idea, right? Like, you had managed to pull it off. Nine months is a long time to go without telling someone. You must have been shitting in your pants. Like, what had made you decide at nine months to tell her? Like, what what was it at that point? Did you feel like she was getting so serious? Like, why did you decide to tell her? I mean, you could have just continued on with the lie. Um, That's not who I am. No, but you uh, were for I, nine months. I mean, why at that point? Like, I, what was going so what's down? What's the difference between two months and nine yeah. months? Yeah. I, I, I was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And I owed it to her. Right. I sh- every probably every month I said I've got to tell her. Not only but that, then, it's like if you have herpes. I had a girlfriend that had herpes, and it's like you're never going to tell a guy at two months you have herpes because he's not in love with you. You you got to lock them down before you really let them know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they might right. leave at nine months. You know, you tell someone you already got them to fall in love with you. They might be more inclined to sort of deal with your situation, right? So right, which is I think now that you're saying that, I think that actually is what my mindset was. Yeah. We've been together so long, she'll forgive this. Yeah, she loves you enough. She's not, she might be horrified. She's, you knew she wasn't going to be okay. No big deal, right? She'll be hard, but she's not going to be able to leave you because she loves you as much as you love her. But she did leave you. Yeah, that's right. She did. Well, there you she go. She never, she never, actually, we stayed together for another couple of months. Mm hmm. Three, maybe. Mm-hmm. She, ne- I always said her, you were, you were never the same after I told you. Yeah, of course. It just ruined everything. It was never the same. And I knew it was just a matter of time before it had to end. Yeah, she probably would have loved to have broke up with you that time, but that's not how it normally goes. Life's a little bit more messy than that. She had to stick around until she really felt like, okay, I, 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 she was done. But she was done with you that day, I'm sure. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think I knew it. Right. And like I said, to this day, it's a day that I'll never forget, and I still feel the pain of it. Right, so I'm assuming you never will do that again and not tell people. Never do that again. <laughs> but you uh, manage to find another, after 95 more dates after her, you manage to find another woman, right, to date you again. Like, you've had another, you've had more affairs since her. So, right. So, after that, um, I was able to create a situation where I actually was working uh, in my home city. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and I did meet another woman, and this was through. Now we have the, what we have today: the infrastructure of dating sites. Yeah, uh huh. And even though if you're married, you're really not supposed to go on those dating sites. Yeah. Um, I just didn't read that rule, um, so I actually found a married woman. Uh, in my home city. But let me ask you this. Was it on, like, I mean, did you put a face shot on a well-known online dating site in your city? Is that what you did? Well, you're asking. 
God, the picture thing, I don't remember. It was called, I'll tell you the name of it. It's called Plenty of Fish. Right, so it was a popular one. You weren't afraid. I had a caller on recently who was like, yeah, I put my picture and I got on okay. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Like, this is where, like, someone's sister's brother's and son sees you and is like, what the hell is he doing there? Like, I mean, that's, like, pretty risky considering you are busted once. That's, like, and you're doing it in your own hometown. Like, you were getting, you're getting a little, like, that's a little close, you know, to maybe getting caught. You know what? picture thing i don't remember the picture thing whether mm-hmm. i did post a picture actually given the 95.5 rule i probably didn't <laughs> right and, exactly. and, and but that led see if i think if i can get a woman to chat with me yeah then i the 95.5 goes back goes to 50 50 right i see right mm-hmm. because i have a personality that women like to interact with Right, so if you could just get them talking. And how did you, do you know straight off the bat that she was married and you were honest with her that you were married? Um, I don't remember if we both knew. I'm sure I said it for sure. Right. Uh, I don't think she definitely told me. Um, but I'm sure once, you know, we were chatting for, you know, a few weeks or whatnot, it came out. And, and this woman was, she was a brutally honest woman. Mm-hmm. On so many different fronts, she was uh, what I kind of think of as the intellect affair that I had. Right, she was brilliant. She was an engineer uh, for a top company, um, uh, you know. For and now she's a very uh, senior engineer uh, in an aerospace company. Mm-hmm. So she's done uh, very well for herself, and she was the, the the smartest lady I've ever interacted with. Right. So I'm sure she and I got right down to brass tacks pretty quickly. Right. And there was no bullshit with her. She was she was as honest as you were. And so you knew she was married. You were married. How long did you stay with her? So we were together for, uh, I think, about 18 months. And now you did this while you were home, right? I mean, how did you... Right. So now we have the experience where I've learned enough how to do this. You know, in now your, I'm in right. That- Mm-hmm. Right. So I know how to do this in my home city. And now you have to understand, think the kids are older and leaving. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're like a professional. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, like the way your life went. It sort of, you know, helped you along in your in your cheating life. Right. Because like you didn't move home early on. Right. Then you would have been probably sloppy because you weren't like, you know, as good at that game yet. Right. But like over all those years and then now you're finally home and now you're like so great at cheating that you could literally do it while you're home and totally be okay with and not get caught. I mean, it all worked. Everything logistically worked in your favor. Correct. And and it all did. Mm -hmm. And just so you know, you know, my wife and I, and you and I talked about this at the beginning, we've gotten closer, especially yeah. now the kids are getting older, um, but we've, we, we don't sleep in the same bedroom. Let me ask you this, because I was going to ask you before, I just forgot, like, over all these years, after you know, four or five years, you said in the beginning you hadn't had sex with her, nothing went down, and then you started having all these affairs. Now, did your sex life with your wife at some point you know between these affairs like rejuvenate itself or did you just never did it never take off again we um, we haven't been in the same bedroom um sexually um since the last child was born or maybe a little bit after that so how many years is that like how old is that child 
um, uh, mid twenties. Wow. Okay. That's in- but that's interesting. You know, that's like a di- that's like a, that's the evolution of a relationship after thirty three years. Like, how does it stay together? I guess that's one way. If you don't have the sex, because you have other things at that point, right? That are is keeping the relationship together. She probably exactly. doesn't give a shit about the sex because she probably hit menopause and is totally right. done, right? And didn't. Uh, go- and she was never actually as interested as I was. Definitely right. never had the sex, even when we were very young, mm-hmm. never had anything close to the appetite that I did. Right. Um, and now, um, you know, the kids are getting older and we, we find, you know, we have a, a, a lot in common through the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always been committed to the family. That prime directive was never a joke to me at all. Right. And, um, and, but I will tell you something, you know, she's a smart lady so she has come to me kind of, I would say, um, in jest a little bit, mm-hmm. but she would say, you know, I don't actually know what you're doing, but, you know, if you needed to go see somebody, you know, I'd, I'd get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it would, just, it, would be a, it would be a blurt, right? It'd be a short uh, comment. Yeah. And I would, um, you, know, I, you know, I'm sure my eyes went agape. I, I, I talked about nothing. Um, but <laughs> it was interesting that she knows me well enough, right? Right. Even but you know, like, listen, in that situation, this is like, if you ever like, were like, oh, I'm going to tell my wife or she found out, like, I mean, I, I really feel like she would say what that one said to you in the car after nine months of finding out, like, I wish you never told me like at this, like, you know, on, on every level, well, it is her- so good that your wife doesn't know it's kept the relationship going. There's no reason for her to know it would ruin everything. And she probably doesn't want to know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That I know for sure that she does not want to know. No, anything. she doesn't want to know. And what does it matter? You love her, right? It's not about that. It is interesting. Listen, I think like, as because I'm a woman, right? So I understand. I don't think it's that big of a deal after being with somebody for so long. They go get a fucking hand job someplace else or even fuck a hooker. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Especially if you're not like, you know, a man's sex, sex drive is different than a woman's, right? But I think what's hard for a woman to swallow, at least for me, is the emotional connection. I think what would be the most devastating for her to find out or to know is that not only were you like you know getting off in other places you were you were having like you were falling in love with other women i think that would be very hurtful for her very you know without question because i don't think i think it's very hard to understand but listen you're here to say that this actually could happen i've been into two people at the same time like i understand like it's like so you're here to say like you could completely be in love with two people at the same time but i think most people can't understand that and i think that that would be devastating you know um because to emotionally cheat i think it's the emotional part is always you know the hardest for the woman a because i think the woman worries that you know someone would leave you know, you she might be abandoned by the man if he falls in love with someone else. But I think it's still as fucked up if he doesn't, but he's still in love with somebody else at the same time. You know, that would be devastating. Correct. For her, it would be. Yeah. But yet you have been able, like you, like I said, and I think I asked you this before, like your feelings for your wife never change and if anything you guys have grown closer over the time. I mean, the sex never got any better, but your relationship and other, every other aspect is just as strong, if not stronger, you know, 33 years right. down the line. Because if you share 
a commitment to the family, right? And, and the uh, the importance of the family being um, without disruption, and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, your kids are bringing home boyfriends and girlfriends, and you're looking at weddings, and now there's a lot of other family. The whole family thing gets bigger, mm-hmm. no, not small. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of at that stage. Right. No, that, that's great. I mean, I think like, you know, listen, there's all different types of relationships out there. There's people that aren't, you know, because sort of, I'm thinking when you're talking, it's just like, wow, that's the only reason why somebody would stay together with somebody for 33 years. Like what would, why else would somebody do that? But I do know relationships where two people are together that don't have any kids and they just are like so into each other and that never changed over so many years. You know, some of those, I know some of those relationships, you know, and they don't have kids and they don't need the kids to keep them together. But I feel like most people, I mean, how could you stay with the same person for 33 years? You know, if there weren't all these other things, right, to keep you together. That's the point, right? Right. But I think it's important that we be honest with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And that is, um, you know, I talk to a lot of my married friends. I have, especially in my workplace, I have a lot of married friends. Yeah. And the number of marriages that last a long time is very few. I and know, it, yeah. And if, if, if it does last more often than not, it is some kind of a lie. So the question is, what kind of a lie are you going to create for yourself? Right, yeah. Um. What I was able to do, because I only got one life on this planet, was to find a slice of happiness, and that, that's why I met these other women. And they've been a wonderful part of my life, and I was able to keep a great family intact, which, again, was the most important thing in my world. Right, and you were able to do that almost maybe because you, you were able to have those other relationships, right? They actually helped your relationship, because they were, you know, you were having your needs met that your wife couldn't sort of tend to. You were having them met someplace else, right? And, and Right. And, I was lucky to have the circumstances that where that could happen. Right. And now I know that you had said in your email that there was somebody that you would really share all these kinds of stories with, right? And that person found religion or something that so you can't really sort of talk to them anymore. But you're, I guess, single right now looking for another affair, right? And maybe looking uh, right. for information I'm, on I'm how to, in, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm in, you know, for the most part, I'm in my home city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, whatever uh, happened have, with this, with the brilliant woman, like how did that break up? Um, she had issues, uh, actually, uh, uh, with a child. Uh, she had a child who was anorexic, um, suicidal. Oh, right. Um, Hardcore stuff. I got to know the kid pretty well. Mm-hmm. The kid's, the kids scared me. There were a lot of drugs involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the end, uh, and the, her, our sexual relationship wasn't great. Um, she had similar issues with regard to having an orgasm. I remember she needed, um, she loved getting eaten out, but she needed to masturbate in order to come. Right. Um, Was she older, like in her 50s at that point? No, 40s. Oh, okay. Because sometimes yeah. when women start to go through changes, unfortunately, it really fucks with, you know, the hormone changes and menopause yeah. and perimenopause really fucks with women's uh, drive. Uh, she, and... had, she had been anorexic at one point herself. Oh, and, okay. And that, that was why she thought her child had become anorexic. So a lot of guilt associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but aside from our sex life, we got to a point where 
um, she actually wanted to start experimenting with other guys and not at my, not to include me in that. Right. And that's something that I'm not sure I was interested in. Right. Well, um, you said in your email, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to incorporate it in the title somehow. You were like, you know, most of your the women you've dated have called you or somebody called you the monogamous married guy <laughs> because you kind of... That, that was definitely her. I don't know if It was her? No, this one. That was so her. She was the she one that called you. That yeah. Two weeks of knowing me. Oh my god, hilarious! But yet she didn't want to be monogamous. <laughs> no, no. In the beginning, she loved it. Right. In the beginning, she loved my full commitment, and she realized that's exactly what I was. Right. In two weeks, she already knew I was this monogamous married man that she knew she could have a, a relationship with. But no, she was. You know, she wanted to go and um, explore other sexual a- or. Uh, more sexual avenues, if you will, and that wasn't something that appealed. And and also, when you combine that with her child issues, um, it was you were a, done. Where we we separated in the most you no know, normal fashion, which is you know we just said you know it's time to break up, and we did. Right, and so you're you're now currently. No, there was one more. <laughs> oh, there was one more. Right, oh, right. You're at five. Right, that was four. Mm-hmm. She was the fourth, and then the fifth was. Um, a woman that I met uh, also in the city uh, where I live, and um, again, it was the kind of um, kind of intense attraction that I had with the Florida woman, uh-huh. which is I'm always looking for. Of course, it's not just the sex, but it's also the deep emotional um, feelings. So I was kind of looking. I was hoping I could find someone where it would all come together. Yeah. And, and it really did with this that, this last woman, um, uh, both emotionally and sexually. We just hit it off in a big way. Okay. Was she married too? Um, so she uh, was not. She was actually living. She was uh, living with a man and taking care of his child. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she actually had an advanced degree in sociology or something. So. Um, this was, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary for her, um, the circumstance. And in fact, I think she kind of held it back. If I remember, she held it back from me that she was even living with this guy, though I didn't really know what was going on. And it took a few weeks for us to really get completely straight with each other. Right. But eventually, we did, and the sex was incredible, and the relationship developed, um, and uh, we were together for, I think, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a cancer survivor. Right. Um, and uh, actually, the reason she broke up with me is she thought I was having an affair in the affair. <laughs> and you weren't, right? I was not. She and I had, and and I'm not, maybe you can already hear this, I'm, I don't get into big fights. I'm kind of a low-key guy. Right. <clears throat> but we had a big fight over a trip to a football game in Dallas. Because she, oh, I remember she went with the guy that she lived with, mm-hmm. um, and, and 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 that I don't know if I felt like I was betrayed or something, but it led to tension. And then uh, later on, um, so I we I felt we kind of broke up for you know about a month or so around this Dallas trip time, and then I um, I think I actually started chatting with someone. <clears throat> so what happened was we got back together. Everything's fine. We always kind of remember the Dallas thing is 
a tense period in our relationship. And then one night, like a year later, right? We'd already been together a year now, it's a year later. Yeah. Two years. We're, we're in this special hotel that I got us not far from where I live. Yeah. And, and she goes into my phone. Actually, I, I wasn't going to even say this, but we got stoned. Uh-huh. Which is not something I, I do regularly or customarily, but uh, with her, it was a lot of fun. Right. So we got stoned, and she started looking through my phone. Oh, shit. And by the way, for your listeners, never let anyone ever, no matter who they are, look through your phone. <laughs> so she went through my phone, and she went back and looked at some texts that I had from the year earlier from when we had this breakup to the Dallas thing. Oh, you were on a break. So she believed I was still talking and having an affair within the affair. Oh, God, but she was too stoned to know. She was paranoid. She believed it the next day she broke up with me. Oh, you're kidding. After two years, no. After she saw that phone, I didn't hear from her for two months. Mm-hmm. And this is, we just had this amazing, uh, and I won't describe the hotel room, but let's just say it had some unique amenities. And, and we had this great time, and then this happened, and she got kind of cold, and I knew things weren't great, and I wanted to talk about it whatnot, and I didn't hear from her after I dropped her off or however she got home. I didn't hear from her for two months. Wow. And then when she came back around, did you guys just like remain friends? Yes. So we're friends. She's had another bout with cancer. Um, and I always told her I wanted to be there for her in her first bout. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to go through some treatments that are incredibly painful. Yeah. So she's had to go through that again. And I was really happy and deeply moved that she called on me to be with her when she went through this second round. Um, you know, even though we haven't had any of the intimacy or anything, she just felt that close to me that she wanted me there with her when she went through kind of the worst hell in her world. Right, right. And how's she doing? Uh, she's good. In fact, um, she tells me she has a boyfriend who is her clone, I think is the way she describes it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she wants to get married. That was another thing, by the way. She always wanted me to just end it. Oh, she, she did. Okay. Oh, yeah. She didn't care about wife. She didn't care about kids. She All she cared about was, you love me, I love you, we're spending the rest of our lives together. Right. And that was never going to happen. <laughs> right. So that's probably also that along with the stuff and, you know, it just probably all hit her in one time like this is never going anywhere. You know, like maybe when she was looking through her, your phone, she was more horrified by the shit she saw with your wife. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, it must have been like everything if that was the case with her. So she left you. So now you're looking for a new person, right? And I mean, are you going to do online dating again? I, well, that's the, so my question to you is, I guess, you know, I did the uh, POF, uh, Plenty of Fish. Uh-huh. And, and Plenty of Fish at one point even realized that I was a married guy on their site and took me off. Oh, my God, that's so I hilarious. On. I don't know if they'd even let me log on now. And, you know, there's not really, and I've thought about starting a business, but there really isn't an Ashley, uh, you know, a free Ashley Madison that's real, right? Right. I don't know what mm-hmm. about Ashley Madison. I happen to know it's a scam. I actually was on it at one point for a short time, and it was just a joke. Right. But there really isn't something for guys like me to go find my married counterparts or unmarried counterparts that are willing 
to date me. Right, and it would, it would be a place also for women, right? Because w- the women that are married that are looking for that kind of, or women that are single that are looking for like a married guy, maybe they want a part-time, you know, boyfriend. You know, that's basically what a married guy could be, right? Right. So but that's what supposedly Ashley Madison is, is the scam that it is. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, is because women don't sign up. Oh, really? Right. Is that what the case? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've done the research, uh, you know, a few years ago. And there are, they have to put false women out there. Uh, there are uh, suburban um, escorts out there that I've met uh, through the site. So, you know, it's a, it's a nine, if, if it's any reality at all to it, you know, there's uh, 50 guys for every one real woman out there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking okay. of maybe going back on to like a regular website? Well, the only thing I've ever done that I, you know, that exists was really plenty of fish. Yeah, and that's. I mean, there's also OkCupid is free. Uh, I've been on OkCupid; it's free. I mean, you could do the same thing on there. Don't put a picture, whatever you do. Um, and right. it's a it's a huge numbers game with something like that, especially when you're married and you don't have a picture. I would never reply to a guy without a picture online. I don't know how you got girls to in the past, but like maybe you can. I don't know. Um, but I always think that that's a red flag if someone doesn't have the picture because I think either A, they're busted looking or they're married or something's going on. You know, I don't know, but you should you could try that. I wouldn't say well, Craigslist. But it, yeah. Well, it's- Listen, we're having a sane discussion about what I hope your listeners think is a sane life. Yeah. Why isn't there an avenue for me that's not insane? Why do I have to lie on an OK Cupid or a Plenty of Fish in order to find someone who's looking potentially for something exactly the same that I am? Well, because you have to lie on there because, God forbid, you get caught and someone finds out. It's more about, you know, it's, 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 in one sense, it's because you don't want anyone, you are married and you have a, you listen, you have a wife and five kids. All those five kids are grown now. So that means they all have partners and their partners have part, like if people, a lot of people know you, right? So if someone comes across your face on there, I mean, come on, okay? Oh, no, no, right. No, but I'm saying if the site was conducive to it, yeah. nobody put a picture on uh, you know we put profiles generally describing one another right there would be some way that it would work so that it works for you and if there's one of you there's a uh, there's you know hundreds of thousands of you of course right that's what ashley madison was all about i didn't know that there weren't a lot of women out there i know that you have been seeing prostitutes like you're like you're back to seeing like prostitutes and stuff right right now be just in the meantime until you meet somebody is that correct yeah, that's true. The sexual appetite is not lessened in spite of my age. Right. So you still, I mean, you know, and you haven't felt like a connection with any of those women. I mean, it's hard when you're married, okay? Like, I don't know where to tell you to go. I would say stay off of OkCupid or any of those places. But if you do go on there, don't put a picture and see how that goes. You you know, it's, I don't know of a, a place. There's adult friend finders, but I know that people have had a hard, I don't think people find that there's real women on there. People don't find on Craigslist. I have people on my show all the time from Craigslist, you know, guys that post looking for women. And it's very rare that I, I hear of people being successful. Maybe chat rooms, try those. I mean, those back in the day, don't they still have those? No, I don't think so. And if they are, they're filled with, um, you know. Yeah, the, the like bad. a scammers, right? Trying to get you, you someplace know, I to pay. I, there is- there, there is another person in my life that I shouldn't, uh, I, I didn't email you about, I forgot, 
but I've had a virtual relationship with a woman halfway across the state that I live in. Um, and, you know, we've, we, you know, emotionally, we have a lot of, we support each other a lot. So there is someone there kind of emotionally. But even last night, I wrote her and I said, I'm doing this. I said, I'm doing this interview. Yeah. And I kind of want to know, do you ever plan on meeting me? And what she said. And, and I realized she completely evaded the question. And she has no intention of ever meeting me. Have you seen her like on webcam and shit like that? Um, no, we don't do any uh, pictures. We send pictures to each other. Do you think their pictures are real? How do you know you're not talking to a guy? Uh, it would be a great scam on his part. I mean, he's really gorgeous when he sends me these pictures. Yeah, well, have you ever dumped those pictures? Wait, no, but the cowgirl and, uh, races, the barrel races. Uh And I hear friends naming her. I mean, it would be an elaborate scheme and, well beyond anything within reason. No, uh, but I mean, someone, have you ever dumped those pictures into Google Images or something just to see if they, you know, because I had a friend whose friend yeah, was... I did it on Facebook. I did look for her on Facebook and I no, I, you could, I know her whole name and she knows my name. Oh, okay. Um, so she's a real person with real friends. Yeah, she like, is. I forgot okay. that I had... I checked her out on Facebook. Okay, because there are a lot of those scams nowadays. It's, you know, that what is it called? Catfishing or whatever fishing, whatever. <laughs> you know, right. there's it's a, it's a whole thing. They have shows about it, you know, where people get caught up, especially men, with these situations where they're talking to people virtually that they never meet. And, you know, it's either a 500-pound woman, you know, or a, a dude or, you know, you yeah. just don't know. Um, yeah, that happened to me in Denver once. I, I forgot about that. I was doing a consulting gig in Denver and got completely scammed by a woman who told me she was uh, a beauty pageant uh, contestant. Yeah, and well, yeah, exactly. That didn't happen. Right. Yeah. It's a 95.5 rule. What are the odds? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, you know. So listen, Adam, I don't know. I can't. We're like way past an hour and I got to wrap this up. But like, I don't know where you could go. I think there's always somebody around the corner for you i think you're going to meet someone maybe you'll meet them like you know in passing through work i don't know i mean i think that you it doesn't seem like you've had a hard time in the past i can't give you any ideas because i have people coming on my show all the time like you know talking about their you know married guys and stuff you know and in, in the same problem yet you seem to be one of the more successful ones in that you've had all these relationships with all these women so I feel like I give you three months and you're gonna have somebody else and I don't know how that's gonna happen but you're gonna figure it out because that's just the way your life goes you know uh, I would just say, and I think you know everything, you're like a professional, like not to put your face anywhere, to be as, you know, as cautious and as smart as you have been. And But I think you'll eventually meet somebody else again somehow because that's just what you do. <laughs> it is what I do. Yeah. And it's may not need it anymore, but I think I still do. Uh, you definitely still do. I think you have a good another like two or three years of you know two or three more affairs in you you know a couple years each one (laughs) well i never go into them thinking that they're going to last just a year or two i think they're going to last forever but yeah we all do but you know reality is especially when you're older you know if if it's not going to be forever what's the point and you know i think people but that's okay because i think that it's probably great that you have the variety that you have and all the friends that you have and and stuff i I think that in a weird way it kind of works even though maybe you think you would prefer it in a different way i I think it's not bad the way it, it is for you now 
Okay. Okay. Well, good luck and keep me posted when, you know, down the line. I bet you three months. I give you three months. I've been right before with my timing, too. I'll send you an email, Kathy. Thank you for All right. Time. Thanks for calling in, Adam, and being so honest. Talk to you soon. I'll let you know when I post this. Probably this Sunday. Okay. okay. Bye, Adam. Bye-bye. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.